This is Startup with Kids, episode six. You're listening to the Startup with Kids podcast. Telling the stories, strategies, and successes of parents doing business. everybody thank you so much for tuning in i'm your host dan cumberland and we are here for another episode of startup with kids i'm so excited for today's interview it's just a super fun interview with uh just a fantastic guest she's an executive coach an organizational consultant an entrepreneur and also a mother she specializes in helping companies become family friendly, helping parents transition back into the workforce after taking um, time off to uh, welcome their kids into the world. And she also is an executive coach. She uh, she'll tell you all about those things, and we dialogue about work-life balance, about uh, just how difficulties shape our trajectory and our journeys and all kinds of just fantastic things. She also says this, the, her startup is super cool, parent-focused startup that I'll save for her to talk about. So please welcome Raquel Ellison to the show. All right, Raquel, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Dan. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'd love for you to just start by just sharing a little bit about what you do. You have a really cool specialty that I'd um, just love to to hear more about. Yeah, sure. So I am a coach and a consultant. Um, I work with individuals and with companies to help them navigate work-life transitions, um, specifically the one um, that you're about to experience soon, <laughs> becoming a parent. Yes. Um, yeah. And I have a company that I founded called Need Done, which helps uh, working parents get the support they need from people they trust. And so how did you get started helping parents with that transition? Um, so it's interesting. I, um, when my background is in management consulting, essentially, so I help on the people side. So I, you know, I is my training and my work was to work with people in companies to kind of help them navigate change um, in the in the workplace, right? And then I did a consulting gig for a company when I was starting when I was like just telling people that I was pregnant with my first. Um, I have a five and a half year old and then three and a half year old. Um, I'm sorry, two and a half year old. <laughs> Whoops, um, he's not. He's just getting so big so quick. Um, so I I did a study. Um, of several hundred organizations in one particular sector and their work-life practices. And it was so weird. I was pregnant. I wasn't really processing that I too was going to have one of these children and be facing these challenges. And I wasn't really understanding, you know, it was very abstract to me. Um, and then um, once I had the baby, uh, I started talking to people and listening to people who, you know, who had really built their careers prior to having kids and then were going back and, regardless of what it said on paper, we're finding it really hard, both, you know, internally and, you know, externally, the way that they were, their colleagues were responding to them as parents um, was really disrupting their work. So I started to coach and consult around that. Um, and here we are six years later, almost. Wow. Yeah. And so having done all that research, how was that transition for you personally? Well, I had a kind of tricky uh, transition. I, I think... I think the first part of the transition was, you know, 
this kind of wide-eyed acceptance of this new role. I mean, I think there's no other way to do it. When you become a parent, you're like, oh my God, I'm not sleeping. I'm following this little kid. It's, a, it's this magical kind of all-encompassing experience. Um, but then I had an interesting happen. I, I fell um, when my daughter was two and a half months old and I was immobilized for a few months and we had to get a nanny. It kind of wasn't the plan. Wow. Um, I couldn't, you know, that's sort of, I started my business out of necessity in part because I was not able to get up out of bed. Like I was really, just was sort of a perfect storm of, or a horrible storm of just um, being, you know, a nursing mom and, uh, you know, just my, my all being off kilter, just the bones really, really took a hit when I fell on some black ice. So long story short, I had a lot of time to reflect on that transition and to think in a way that I probably wouldn't have. Um, otherwise, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, I really thought about what my friends were going through, what I was going through. I really had a kind of meta view of the experience. Um, so, so I think that's sort of what brought it together. I'm not sure had I not been forced to stop and kind of think about what was going on to me and other people around me that I would have seen things the way that I did. Yeah. Wow. What an incredible oh. story. Yeah. And, yes. and it, I'm always amazed at how uh, it, it just seems like it, it happens over and over that hard things like that, surprising things and even, you know, tragedies, not that that would, you know, maybe not a capital T tragedy, but a hard experience really yeah. shapes, shapes our paths and shapes our journey in, in big ways. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It was, it was, horrible in a lot of ways, but impactful and, you know, in so many other ways. So, yeah, hmm. uh, yeah. I think, and I think that's what parenthood does too, right? It kind of is this moment. I was just talking to a client, I coach um, individuals outside of companies and also clients internally in companies. So I was talking to someone in our first session, she had just come back. Um, she had a five month old and it was really, you know, you were talking about meaning earlier, you know, this, you coach people around finding meaning in their work. And I think, that, you know, people are really used to going on autopilot before having kids and just kind of like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work the 60 hour weeks. I'm just going to do it. This is how they sort of see their lives in a very linear way, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. especially in corporate America. Like if I just do this then I'll get to this level and I'll just keep, you know, I'll keep going up and up. And then when you have kids, it really puts everything, you know, it's certainly not a tragedy, but it's this moment where you're kind of forced to reflect, even in a small part, on what's going on in your life and what are the choices you're making and are those the ones that you want to adhere to going forward, right? And I yeah. think, you know, I had a client who said, you know, I'm just really, I'm not finding my work meaningful at all. I'm, and now, and it really matters to me now. I don't want to leave my baby, you know, with childcare so that I can do this work that just you know, it does bring money home, but I, I would like it to mean something as well. Sure. So sure. I think, I think that those moments, those big power, those big transitional moments have a lot of power to them, which is why, um, you know, which is why I think this is an important period to focus on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm processing some of this, you know, even as you're talking about it in, in light of my own upcoming transition. Yeah, I know. It's hard to tell them like, everything's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think you're, I, I think when people are, you know, people give this process a lot of thought before it happens and then it happens. And I think there are some things that you really plan for and some things that you don't. Um, yeah. I think the lesson to me, you know, I don't think, I think the lesson to me when I fell was like, there are definitely things that come up that you don't plan for. And that's yeah. just, 
you know, you just kind of have to figure out what you do from there. And I think parenthood is this whole process. I talk to people about this a lot of kind of managing change, right? That's what I used to do in companies. And, and that's kind of what you end up doing as an individual um, all the time is just how are you, your, your life is going to be constantly changing once yeah. this baby yeah. comes and from here on out, that's just how it is, right? Sleep schedules, eating routines, all that stuff changes. So how do you stay kind of focused and aware of what your needs are and how do you communicate about those needs and attend to them um, while all this change is going on? Yeah. Mm. And I feel like that's life in a lot of ways. Change. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. always changing. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe just to dive in a little bit to to what even thinking about people going back to work and going back to their companies, like what makes a company uh, or a workplace family friendly? What are some of the, the checkpoints that, that you would, you help companies implement or, you know, some of those criteria? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, I think what I talk about with people are, are three different levels, um, that have to sort of work in concert with each other. Um, one is you do need a company to on paper have policies that are going to support their working parents, you know, that are going to, or anyone who's going through a life transition, elder care, anything like that. There needs to be, um, you know, I think paid sick leave and paid family leave are pretty important um, things to offer. Obviously, I believe in uh, legislative change in that area, which is happening now in different parts of the country, but I also think that companies need to step up, and there have been some um, that really encourage it. Um, and that offer these policies that will support it, both for men and for women. I think it's pretty critical that that be um, it be offered equally, um, uh, and also for you know adoptive parents. Like I don't think companies should make any distinction based on you know I think it should be pretty yeah. equal yeah. equal equal opportunity for all parents of every shape and size um, yeah. and background and that. So that's one piece that I think is really important. Um, then I also think it's important for the employee who's coming back to really understand a couple things about themselves. One, you know, what is, what is their unique value add that they're coming back um, into the workplace to sort of share? It's not something that they're going to necessarily be able to articulate right away, but you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of the people in the industries that I work in are, are evaluated based on how many hours they bill. And that's obviously, you know, to clients. And that's obviously a very important measure about really being able to identify what is it that I'm bringing to the table? Because you could hire anyone to bill a lot of hours, right? Yeah. What am I doing, you know, beyond just billing a lot of hours that's really valuable to my employer? Um, so how do I, how do I articulate that as often as I can, you know, as I'm going forward in this next phase of my career. And then how do I set boundaries around my time and protect my time? Mm -hmm. um, because no one else is responsible for doing that for you. I think when employees come back, they assume that the employer, you know, you go through this period of time where that's so overwhelming with this new baby and you kind of want the employer who has these great policies to anticipate your needs and kind of help you sensitively re integrate into the workforce, often that's not the case. That's just not the bandwidth. These companies just don't necessarily have the bandwidth to be able to, to do that. Which brings me to this middle piece. So there's the top policies, the employee who's sort of working to navigate all those. And then there's the management in the middle. And I think that's kind of the X factor in my mind is how, what kind of culture 
I think managers are responsible for creating a culture and what kind of culture they're creating. Um, <laughs> do they know how to manage remotely? Um, even if, you know, their team is only, you know, they have people telecommuting only on occasion or they have people working remotely only on occasion, you need to know how to do that. Um, and if, you know, regardless of whether you have, you know, a manager has to feel confident if an employee says, you know, I will, I'm going to leave for the day, but I'm going to pick up and get up, get back online later on at night. They need to be confident that they, they know what results they're looking for, that they can encourage that person to take care of the kind of family responsibilities that they have because they trust that they're going to come back online and do their job. Sure, and a lot sure. of managers are just really caught up in a culture or an experience where they kind of feel like they need FaceTime. You know, even today, even in the, we're sitting here talking on Skype. I mean, there's so many new technologies out there that support remote work, but a lot of managers just don't really get it. So that's kind of the piece. I think when a, when a manager, what I work with managers to do is to be able to understand, you know, what is, what do good results look like? You know, it's not just about FaceTime. What do you want that employee to be able to deliver? And are you sure that you're evaluating them based on what they're delivering? Or based on the fact that you're annoyed because this doesn't fit into your sense of what a culture should should look like or what a workplace should look like. You feel like some everybody should be at their desk all the time in order to be doing good work. Yeah. Um, so, so it's really about shaping manager behavior that I think is the key to all yeah. this. Yeah. And helping yeah. them understand what a successful team looks like and helping them understand what not to say because that... I think it's the subtle things. It's the kind of offhanded comments that can kind of make or break a family-friendly culture. It sounds like a manager that's doing that well it wouldn't be just good, only good for the for the parent in that situation, but for the whole the whole team because you're increasing the effectiveness of of your team. Right. Exactly. I was talking to, you know, this one law firm, um, I was talking to two senior partners and they were asking me, you know, they said we have this huge group of parents that are coming up, you know, this they're of this age and there's a lot of pregnancies and wives who are pregnant. How do we manage this group well? Um, so I started to talk to them about, you know, about how they communicate and, you know, how to be transparent about their expectations and how to understand that, you know, there are these different sort of temporary slots of time. You know, when you have a tiny baby, it's going to look like this. And when they, you know, they're how to kind of get to sort of understand from the employee's perspective and help the employee understand from their perspective. And then all of a sudden, they, one of the senior partners stopped me and he's like, wait, you're just telling us how to be good managers. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, no trick to it. You just have to be, this is about, this is about good management practice. Yeah. And, and everything that I think what I like to say is that when, when that piece is not going well. So when it's not family friendly, it's really just an indication that those management practices need to be fine tuned globally, like across the board for every employee. Yeah. So it's not um, just it's about the parents. Not yeah. at all. Hmm. Not at all. That's but that's when you, that's kind of like, uh, you know, the first sign that you have a culture that's not working is when a parent can't, yeah. can't really perform in it, I think. Yeah. So a lot of our our listeners, as I was as mentioned before, we started the, the call are parents that um, often they're the primary caretaker, so they're working part time or maybe they're they're home, you know, taking care of the family, but then also trying to start something on the side, um, and there's just that self management piece of how do you do <laughs> how do you do business and family and how do you do this at the same time, especially without you know making sure that either are 
taking a hit for the sake of the other. Right. Yeah, it's a really it's a really challenging question. And, you know, honestly, and I like to be really frank about like sometimes I feel like I'm doing it. You know, I think we all feel sometimes it's easy to do and sometimes it's harder to do. And I think, you know, um, I've written about this before, but I used to kind of feel like as somebody who helps people with this, like I needed to model it perfectly. And I have colleagues who do, um, you know, really try to be very intentional about that. But I like to be intentional about being fallible. Like it's just, it's not always possible. You kind of have to pick yourself up and get back on the horse. That being said, um, I do have a framework that I use that I created um, that, um, it's not very complicated, but I think it kind of helps people get kind of keep tabs on on their work and life. So I, I call it the five P's, um, which is a really common, unfortunately, a very common <laughs> term in like every other field. But um, but for me, it, it works. So I talk to people about, um, you know, I just check in with them about um, five different areas. One personal. So their health and well-being one professional. So what are their goals for their business? What are they trying to accomplish? Um, partnership, because that's also important. If you have a significant other you're sharing responsibilities with, or, you know, how are you communicating about those responsibilities and sharing them? Um, how are you checking in, uh, just with each other? Um, parenting. So, you know, not only like, is your child clothed, fed and bathed and all that stuff, (laughs) but like what's, engaging and what's meaningful to you in your interactions with your child. Um, A lot of people I think get caught up very much in the beginning about what they feel they should be doing as parents. I put that in quotes. Um, And I don't, you know, I think it's more important also to just find the meaningful moments that you, that you can with your child and really be able to focus on those. Um, And then practical, there's all the kind of home stuff that you have to think about who's getting the meals you know, where's the grocery shopping? When's that happening? How's the house getting clean? All that stuff takes up a lot of parenting brain space. Um, you know, stuff that you might not have thought about the same way before you have kids, like all of a sudden it's, it's actually kind of becomes very time consuming. So being able to kind of think about what are your short term and long term goals in each of those areas? Um, you know, obviously we're talking about, um, you know, the, in the startup business space, like how do you set really, um, you know, very quantifiable, very specific goals um, for the short and long term, so that you're not completely overwhelmed um, with what you need to do in order to get your business off the ground, but you've set very like measurable and meaningful kind of goal posts that you have to keep hitting. And mm-hmm. how do you do yeah. that with different areas of your life? Um, you know, so. You can use it to really identify short and long-term goals. You can also say, um, you know, what I want, like I'm going to pick out one specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time-sensitive thing I can do this week that's going to make me feel better about my partnership, right? Like I'm going to plan a date night this week. That's going to make me feel better. Sometimes I have people do almost like a check-in going through those five areas and giving me like a rating on a scale of one to 10, you know, what's feeling just like top of mind, what feels, um, how satisfied are you with that particular area? And then the lowest score goes first, like make sure that you're setting something really tangible and focused that you can do in that area to make you feel a little bit better. So it kind of does both things. It's about goal setting. It's also about kind of maintaining your life as you're trying to juggle a lot of things. Yeah. I like that. And I think that that's something that often can be overlooked is we, we have goals for our business, but not necessarily, we don't think about 
our, our partnership or our parenting or, or those other things. Um, or ourselves. I mean, I yeah. think we often fall, especially when, you know, and I do this too, like I'm the primary, you know, I do pick up and drop off and all of that stuff in my house. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and my husband also is also in a startup. So we know wow. this really well wow. and that can be really <laughs> demanding. We're just, we're entrepreneurial. Um, so, uh, you know, being able to, you know, when you focus on all of those things externally, it's really easy to kind of overlook what it is you need to do for yourself. So being yeah. able to kind of be attuned to all of that, I think is helpful. Yeah. It seems like with your, with, with the five P's that like, there's, I'm trying to ask too many questions at once here, but, um, I think what I'm wanting to ask you about is, is the idea of, of, of balance in life, that it feels like part of, of balance is, is always being out of balance and working to maintain balance. And it seems like that, like you can't, you can't do it all perfectly and you have to kind of roll with the punches. Um, and I'm just, I don't know, I guess I'm curious about, about the idea of, of work-life balance. And what do you think about that word? I'm shaking my head. Uh, no, 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 there's no balance. Balance is this kind of feeling. I mean, it, it's, it's a useful term, I think for companies, um, you know, someone I respect a lot, Callie Yost coined the term, um, work-life fit or work-life integration. Mm. Um, I think that's more accurate, but companies don't really respond to it as well. Sure, um, sure. they like work-life balance. It sounds pretty, but um, but I don't think there is a balance. I think, you know, I think we're always kind of juggling these different things. And, you know, the, the analogy that I give is the game. I don't know if you are familiar with the game of Tetris mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the 80s, you yep. know, when like yep. all the different pieces are falling down from the sky and you kind of have to fit them together so that the lines can disappear. And, and that's that's kind of how I think of work life is like that's what you're constantly doing is you're just looking across the board and you can't really fixate on any one area too much, um, without letting the other areas kind of pile up a little bit. And I think, you know, that can be intimidating for some people, but I think in, in some ways it just reminds you, like it's all part of the same equation. You can't kind of just neglect yourself endlessly in your work, you know, in your life and then just expect everything to continue yeah. you yeah. know, to function as planned, you kind of have to pay attention to these different areas. That's, that's how it works. And it works with or without kids. But I think when you have kids, like I said, the practical pieces become a lot more challenging. And obviously the parenting pieces take up a lot of time. So yeah. the Tetris pieces start coming faster. That's exactly. <laughs> I feel like you've moved up to level. But yes. I or five, but I don't want to dive in. I think with every kid, you definitely move up a level. So uh, <laughs> I think it's a great, a great analogy. I really, I really appreciate that. That's great. I'd love to hear a little bit more about, about your startup and, and what you're, you're up to and how you're hoping to, to help parents with it. Sure. Yeah. So, um, my startup is called need done. Um, and it came out of an initiative that I started, um, with, uh, another mom in my neighborhood, um, we met when our kids were playing at a local coffee shop and we were talking about she's in advertising and I obviously you've heard a little bit about what I do. Um, and we felt, you know, we really wanted to be able to change corporate culture. We were talking about how important that sort of X factor of culture is. So we created a think tank um, to talk about this. We gathered a couple dozen people together to to really think about how we could change it um, a couple years ago. And then we decided you know, what if we tried to launch an actual 
platform that would help working parents. So what we want to do is tap into, we want to be able to provide people with a support system that they might not be able to afford if they can't afford a full-time nanny or if they can't afford, you know, all of these kind of backup, um, you know, paid services um, by offering people on-demand help from people they trust on demand uh, for high trust tasks. So if you um, go to a system like care.com, um, which is wonderful. You're just sifting through um, dozens and dozens of providers. But if you call your friend and you say, is there a provider that you like who could help me out, you know, by taking care of a kid or, um, you know, even by helping me with some of the practical tasks that I have around the house, um, that you would be much more likely to trust someone who comes from a trusted source. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of the, the premise. And we launched a closed um, pilot for two straight weeks with 20 people from our neighborhood and had them just call us. We sort of developed this out of them calling us for anything they need, kid-related or home-related or otherwise, um, 24-7 for two weeks. And we really got to know. Sounds intense. It was so intense <laughs> and it was so crazy. You talk about an absence of work-life. <laughs> yeah. But we learned so much about, you know, what challenges are people actually facing hmm. and feel like they don't have someone looking out for them. They, they're responsible for carrying all this information, all this responsibility at work and at home, just in their own head. And to give people the sense that, you know, they can, we can help them source trusted resources to get done what they need to make their lives a little easier at kind of a manageable price point. That really makes a difference for people. People were, they said they were able to exhale and they were able to really, you know, yeah, feel yeah. more in control, like things were possible and they didn't have to feel overwhelmed. So I feel like it's exciting. We're going to the next phase. We're building our minimal viable product and it's an exciting time. So, Super cool. Yeah. And so, you know, I know you're working, you're working on the, the minimum viable product right now, but like, what's, what's, what's the dream of like a platform? Is it an app? Is it a, a web app? Is it? it? It is an app. Um, and it's an app that, you know, that anyone can use to tap into the resources that they already have for yeah. free. Yeah. So it's not something we want people to necessarily pay for. Um, we're, can, we're creating a system that they can, you can sort of send out a back call to, to the people you trust for, for your, you know, to help out with kids and where you can kind of send that, um, send that to them and kind of get, instead of making um, dozens of calls, you know, to figure out who's going to help you out. If you're stuck at work, um, you can kind of just send that out to them. Um, you know, we definitely, we're, we've experienced this, my partner and I, and, you know, we know that moms, you know, when you have to find some, there's a meeting that's running over or there's, you know, an extra thing that comes up at work, that's a great opportunity. You want to be able to do it. But often we missed out on those because we don't have the backup support that we need to be able to help us out. Sure, and sure. our significant other um, might also be busy. So how do we how do we tap into that quickly? So there's that component, giving that free to anyone who needs it. Um, and then being able to help um, create it a kind of marketplace for people to share resources that they trust. So, so feeling like you've created like a village around you um, with people that you can tap into um, who can help you get things done on demand. So you know that you're never stuck, you're never overwhelmed, that you can kind of, you can get advice and resources from people around you. So very cool. I can't go into many more specifics, but yeah. that's kind of a, no, that's a great, a great big, you know, overall 
picture of it. What are some of the, just as you're, you know, continuing on, you're, you're launching your second, the second beta. What, yeah. are there, what are some of the key learnings? I mean, as far as for, for, you know, our parents listening that are thinking about starting something, like how much has the idea changed or, or moved and grown or what are, you know, some of the learnings so on that front? <laughs> so much. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think that there are ways in which it's shifted, um, dramatically since we, since we started out, I think there are ways in which it's shifted, which it hasn't shifted at all. But I think, I think this is true for any business, like exactly as you said, whether it's, you know, I think the experience of starting, you know, a coaching business and consulting business is very different than starting this kind of a platform is kind of a, um, it's just, it's just a different experience. It's a different pace. It's a different, um, level of flexibility. Um, so I think being open, again, it's the same lesson that I talked to parents about, being open to just sort of constant change and being willing to pivot, um, you know, and being willing to, you know, to, to pivot, but also to be able to, to trust your instincts. Like yeah. I said, yeah. like you don't want to be comparing yourself to people online and your business, you know, to other parents and other businesses online. Like you do have to trust, this is what I think I need to do, and so I'm going to do it. So it's about kind of synthesizing data from all from yourself, from your customers, and kind of going from there. But it is definitely about really understanding what the needs are in the marketplace and testing those theories before you jump in, I think. Yeah. It's really yeah. important. It sounds like you guys are doing a really good job of, of, of getting that data, which is very cool. Yeah. What's your, your timeline as far as like when, when a public launch is coming, or is it still too, still too early to say? We'd like January 2016. Cool. Very cool. We'll see. But yeah, I think, you know, we, the bottom line for us is we felt like this is a problem that, you know, while there are many different platforms that are addressing these needs, um, you know, from very specific angles, we wanted to create something that could be more holistically um, supportive to a working parent that could kind of bolster their support network in a really substantial way. So that's what we've, that's been our goal. And, and uh, it's kind of a, it's a lofty goal, but that's what we want to do. We want our daughters to be able to, you know, we want to change the culture so that eventually our daughters and our sons, I have a son, she has a daughter. I also have a daughter. Um, the idea that, you know, we're going to be able to create a society where they feel like they have the support they need to be able to work and parent at the same time. And right now we're not there yet. So yeah. we're trying to, trying to move it forward a little bit with a platform. That's cool. And that's I, cool. You, you described this like building your village or something along those, those lines, which, which I think is a really cool uh, way of thinking about it. Cause it feels like it's make, making your world maybe, maybe smaller in some ways going back right. to what a, uh, a small, <laughs> what, what would be uh, available to you maybe in a small town that <laughs> we've kind of lost in big cities. And we have, yeah. I mean, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Have. Um, I'd love to just hear a little bit to so both, both you and, and your partner are, entrepreneurs like mm -hmm. I'd love to hear about how life with kids and startups like <laughs> what that's like for you and maybe along with that is like how do you talk to your kids about business and what you're doing oh that's a really good question um so what is what does it look like so two questions one yep. is what does it look like to be um to be to have kids and run a startup. Yep. And the other is how do we talk to our kids about what we're doing? Yep, exactly. 
Um, so I think, what is it like to be, you know, I think it's really, we're trying to be really mindful of this for obvious reasons, right? Um, and it's challenging. You know, when we first got off the ground, um, we went to Silicon Valley for, you know, we, we took off time, we got childcare, we went to Silicon Valley, um, and we were able to kind of, we had, you know, dozen or so investor kind of potential partner meetings. Um, and it was kind of easy in certain ways because we were able to just, cause we had no kids around. Like it was kind of this isolated time. Once we did all that crazy crap and like relied on our support systems and our families to kind of help us out, we were able to get the work done. I think the challenge is that, you know, when you come home, life interferes and they're different. You know, what we try to do, I think, is be flexible with each other. Um, my son, you know, my partner's daughter is going into second grade. My daughter's going into first grade. And then I, I have like a kid, like a younger, you know, a two and a half year old is still a pretty needy age. So, so, you know, we try to be understanding with each other that this is just, you know, that we try to move things forward and understand where, you know, that there are obviously things will come up and can come up. Um, but I think kind of listening to each other and being understanding of where we're at is, is, is priority one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think beyond that, um, in terms of what we say to our daughters and our, and our kids in general about what we do, my son doesn't really understand what's going on yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he sort of does now, maybe. You just got have fun at work. You had fun at work today, mommy. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's very he's very friendly, but I don't think he understands what's going on. You know, we made we did a pitch event. My partner and I recently, um, where we had to we sort of created a, we had to sort of do this hackathon all day, creating this version of our product that um, using a prototyping software and. Then at the end of the day, we presented it, and and our first slide was pictures of our daughters together. Um, and so, I you know when I came home, I showed my daughter um, that that slide. I mean, she started to understand. I think especially this year, especially you know kindergarten at this age, she's starting to understand. Like I talked to people about first she. She used to call me a computer worker. Like she just saw that I was on the computer, and so she didn't know what else I did. Um, but I explained to her, you know, I help, I help moms and dads be able to do the work that they love and be the parents that they want to be and see their kids. And um, and then you know we showed her this this presentation. I showed her this presentation with her face on the front. I said, see, like this is what we're trying to do. And she said, oh great, mom, am I famous now? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. You're famous. You're famous with me. Um, you know, I think trying to give her a sense of this is my intention behind what I'm doing. And this is why I'm doing it um, is really important to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't always make the difference for a five year old, but it's really important that she hears it. I think. Yeah. That's super cool. I think that yeah. some some of the, you know, why I ask that question is I'm always just curious about how parents, how do parents teach business and teach, how do they raise, how do you raise an entre entrepreneur? And so I, I'm always curious how other entrepreneurs are, are doing it. Yeah. yeah have you, uh, have you, did you always, have you always been an entrepreneur? Have you always had an entrepreneurial spirit, spirit? I don't know. <laughs> I think I have been for a while. Yeah. I, I think I have been for a while. Um, 
I think I, I always was really I mean, one of the things I love about consulting is I love going into new areas and learning new things and kind of being able to, um, you know, as a consultant, you have to go into a new company and kind of implicitly understand what's going on. You have to quickly assess the situation and be able to create a solution. And I've always loved that. I've loved that whether I'm talking to an individual, I mean, I'm, I'm not creating, I'm guiding the people toward their solutions, but, you know, I love that, that pace. Yeah. Um, so I think that is a way in which I've always loved entrepreneurial life. I'm not sure that I, you know, um, I wasn't the person who started the lemonade stand age seven, you know, <laughs> and of course I'd be here. Um, I think there are people in my life who've been somewhat surprised by it, um, because of what I, my priorities always been on, you know, understanding what people need, whether it's in a company or whether it's an individual's life, like really trying to best listen and understand what, what people need in order to be happy and successful in their lives. Um, and then kind of help them create that, whether it's through a coaching um, coaching session, whether it's through a consultation, or whether it's through a platform. Very cool. Yeah, I'm always just curious how, because I think, so it's, it's easy to have a uh, false dichotomy, like that there's the people who work jobs, and then there's the people that start companies. And I, I don't think that that's actually a true, like, that that people are born one way or the other but i'm always curious about like how, how do we blend those two and and it's good to hear hear stories of like yours of how you just kind of found your way into this and have continued and it's really fun to see yeah. that's great yeah. well thanks so much for um giving us a time and letting me pick your brain um you thanks for asking me i'm thrilled to be here i think it's such a great podcast it's such a great premise i feel like i want to see more parent parents in the startup world and this yeah. is the way to kind of give people stories of yeah. how other people are doing it thank you thank you i really appreciate that yeah and i think we want i, w- I want to hear those stories um so yeah. um is there just for our listeners if, if they want to connect with you um are there any action steps maybe to, to follow up about need done i don't know if there's any if you're collecting emails anywhere where people can be like hey we Absolutely. So um, our Need Done site is needdoneedonapp.com. And there's a sign up right there. Um, and we're Need Done App on Twitter, too. And then my personal um, Twitter handle is Reworking Parent. And my site is just my name, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, Rachel Ellison.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll make sure to put links to all those in the show notes for everyone as well. So thank you so so much. much. It was really great chatting with you. Oh, great chatting with you too. Keep me posted. I will. All right. Take care, Dan. Raquel, thank you so very much for being on the show. It was just such a joy to just dialogue with you and just to explore so many fantastic areas. And I know that our audience will have gained just so much um, from your wisdom. So thank you for sharing your expertise and for all the places that we went in the conversation. If you're listening to the show and uh, you haven't checked out uh, Raquel's work, Click through the show notes at startupwithkids.com slash episode 006, startupwithkids.com slash episode 006. I'll have links there to her Twitter, 
to the Need Done app website as well as Twitter. And so you can follow up there. Definitely check it out. It's really cool stuff that she has going on. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. We give nothing but the best information out there for parents starting businesses. We're here to help you get started on the side or full time, however you're wanting to launch. So let us help. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.